Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Uh, me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation, which you can find at trinitytransformation.co.uk. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Easter and how you can get back on track once it's passed. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. So Ben, how was your Easter? What actually happened for you? Uh, nothing. Very, uh, very, very uneventful. I think the only Easter celebration we really had as a family was we had a roast dinner, pretty much, which was just, uh, I think it was mashed potatoes, roast beef, vegetables. Very easy to navigate. And uh, I got one Easter egg from my auntie, which I ate half of and shared the other half with my sister and my dad. That was about it. I had a little bit of chocolate and yeah. That's pretty much it. I had roast dinner as well at my girlfriend's aunt's house. It was so good. She may be listening, but um, we had lamb and beef and uh, roasted potatoes with, what's it, goose fat. It was good. Yeah. I ate two, like, normal, well, probably two large portions and then, like, had a coma. So your Easter was pretty uneventful in terms of treats. You had one egg to deal with. Well, um, yeah, I'm 27. My sister's 24. No, 23. She's 23. She's 24 in August. And my mum's decided now that we're too old to get any chocolate for Christmas or for Easter. So we just don't get any, pretty much. That's that's about it. And yeah, I think my aunties and uncles have decided the same, apart from one auntie who got me one Easter egg. And I don't have kids of my own, so I don't have to buy Easter eggs for kids. So yeah, there wasn't much chocolate around in terms of Easter. That's pretty easy to deal with then. So you had quite an easy situation in terms of temptation. Very simple. So I'm guessing my situation may be a bit more like a lot of other people's. Mine wasn't that bad, but I seem to succumb to temptation more than ever this year. And I don't really know why. Because I was the kid that used to get an Easter egg and... I'm notorious in it for my family. I'd have my egg from last year, the year on, it'd still be on my shelf and it would have gone all white and powdery. Um, and that's when you know you've kept one for a long time. Um, so I didn't used to really be into it and I'm still not really that into chocolate, but there was just so much. So I think my, I don't really know. I think Alex, so my girlfriend, Ben obviously knows that, is bought eggs from me and her. She's more organized than me for my whole family, but there, ten, there was way too many. So I think we had like seven eggs. We had two Maltesers eggs, two Celebrations eggs. Someone else gave me a Celebrations egg. Oh, Alex's aunt gave me one. Um, what else was there? My mum, I think, got me a Lint Bunny. Um, so she still doesn't think I'm too young. She loves it. <laughs> um, and there's just chocolate everywhere. I think, I think, so I had eggs from my girlfriend, from my parents and... They're all handing out chocolate all the time. And I didn't really want it, but I was just taking it. I think this is what probably a lot of people find is when it's just there, you just kind of take it. I was like, yeah, you know, it's nice. I don't really care for it, but I get given chocolates constantly. So I'll just have a piece. But I probably, if you added it all up, I ate a whole egg. And even though I got given an egg um, and I gave mine away, so I gave mine to my, my mum gave it to me and I said, you know what, I'm sure you know someone who actually wants this. So thank you but no thanks <laughs> put myself first um and yeah I just seem to eat a lot more this year so I guess 
your situation made it a lot easier not having the temptation in the first place. Yeah, I mean, uh, in my house, because uh, when I was staying over with my parents, they have there's a drawer which has the chocolate in it, which is the chocolate drawer. When I go in the chocolate drawer now, these days, there's nothing in there that I want to eat. You, well, I open it, there's a choice of like, there's like nuts in there. There might be some dark chocolate, but usually if there is, I've already eaten it. So yeah, there's a the temptation. I still look in the drawer to try and find something sweet and delicious. I just don't find it. I think that's one of the best things people can do. If you don't make it available to have, even if you crave it, there's a barrier between you having, wanting it and getting it that you would have to go out to the shops and you'd have to go and get it. And then that is enough to put me off. Yeah, for me, it's like boredom eating because yesterday we came back to my flat, well, our flat, and um, the lint egg was on like the side in the bedroom yesterday, all day and I work from home, as Ben knows. So there was lint egg on, uh, lint egg, what's it called? Lint bunny, half eaten on the side. And then in the lounge, there was, my girlfriend ate the actual egg from, I think it was a lint egg as well. But there were those, you know, those little eggs that come with the lint egg. They're like red ones, the white ones and the blue ones. Blue ones are gross. Yeah, yeah, and the little mess Isn't the, the blue one coconut? Oh, that's what I oh, know. I feel like it's like nutty. I don't know. It wasn't nice. I like I like that one. I like nut flavored chocolate. I like hazelnut. This one was weird. And you I like I'm anything. Not a fan of the blue. <laughs> anything with chocolate in it, I I'm a huge fan of pretty much. Well, yeah, I, I'm a fan of those ones. They're the creamy lint ones. So they were just on the table, and I know Alex doesn't even like them. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just have one, and then I'd be like, I'd do a bit of work, need to go and get something from the other side of the room, walk past them, have another one. And it got, I got through three. I know that's not extreme and people are probably thinking that is not a, <laughs> that's not bad at all. But I had three of them. I'd been eating the Lent bunny and I was just like, this is stupid because I don't really care about eating these. It's just I'm bored and there's an egg there. So I feel slightly better. And I bet people get this at work. Like I used to get this loads at work. Did you used to get work treats? We used to have like donuts and stuff at work in the, ca- Every day. In the canteen. Every day someone would find a reason to bring in... Um some kind of chocolate treats and they go on top of the filing cabinet near (laughs) the area where my team would be. There was always something on there every single day. Um, But my strategy for that was I had my own drawer full of stuff that I was for me. I just had a drawer full of like apples, bananas and nuts and dark chocolate pretty much. Yeah. And you didn't stray from that. No, I just said no. Every time someone offered me something else. Yeah. It's almost like replacing, I guess it's when, we all get bored, like I was saying. Even working for myself, doing a business I like to run, still get bored. And then if the thing is there, it's just so easy to just be like, I'll have it. There was no, I didn't have a nice alternative out, didn't have anything else out. So it's just like, I'll just have it. Like the craziest thing I found was yesterday and today, literally putting it out of sight, it's probably not enough for people with really bad cravings, which we can talk about in a bit. But for me, when it was boredom meeting, if I just hid it, I can't see it's there, then I can't be bothered. Like, I won't have it. It's it's half the time, it's just seeing it and then going, ah, that'll make me feel a little bit better for a little bit. And my body then starts saying, go on, have one, have one. So I put the eggs in my drawers and I put the bunny in the fridge behind something because I don't want to eat that. And I haven't eaten any since then. So that's a lie, actually. I took the thing out, out in front of the bunny this morning. <laughs> I moved the mayonnaise jar because I needed it. And then I ate a bit of the bunny before, uh, after lunch. So I've got to hide that again. But when, when it's out of sight, then I can't have it. But even better, as you were saying, Ben, the best thing you can do is like, 
I was talking to our clients about this last night, just remove willpower from having to be a thing because everyone says they want more willpower. But if you don't have the food there in the first place, then I don't think you need the willpower. That's my experience of it. If you get rid of the thing, it's a lot easier to avoid overeating it. And if you're trying to think about how to get rid of the thing as well, best way is to get someone else to eat it that's not you. So give it to your kids, give it to your partner, give it to your friend or your friend's kids. Just be the most generous person ever. If you if you have your chocolate and it's sat in, a, in in some place in your house and you're you're saving it and waiting for the time when it's right for you to eat it, just stop thinking about it all being yours and just give it away. That's that's what I would do. I gave away like half my Easter egg. I tried gave it to like offered my dad some chocolate. It was like, oh yeah, thanks. It took a little piece. I was just like, now nah, take more than that. Take some more. Take some more. And then saying to my sister, she was just shocked by how much I was giving. Her. I was like, yep, yeah, have some more. Have some more. Have some more. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Then I ended up with a little tiny piece left for myself. That's a good way of doing it. You can almost be smug. You can be like, maybe not to your family, but if it's at work and you kind of got colleagues and you're like, don't, they kind of would get on your nerves. Can you like go and have some of this? Offer them around. Pick up the tray of treats, walk around the office with it, be like, oh, do you want one of these? Do you want one of these? Do you want one of these? Give them all away. The faster you can get rid of them, not into your own body, the faster you remove the temptation. Yeah, that's a good point. I used to be a sucker for the um, the custard Sainsbury's donuts. We used to have them, don't know why, all the time. And I, I got a taste for them. I feel like the more junk you eat, the more you want to eat it as well. So for a while, that was a thing. Um, this was before, this was when I was just like a skinny little kid. So luckily when I was 19, it wasn't a problem. But I, yeah, you, got, you, you can't have this stuff and uh, especially in your house. <laughs> I'm sure we've talked about this before. For some reason, this analogy that's terrible just came into my mind that's not the same as that my <laughs> i just thought that it's like it's more like having a, a a calorie bomb in your house but my my mind it was like okay it's like having a pedophile in your cupboard and trying to uh, not get your kids molested <laughs> I, was, I was i was gonna think of a different one that was the same sort of vein i was like it's like living with a uh, living with a lion and pretending it's going to be a nice pet one day that lion is going to get hungry and it's going to bite your arm off yeah, that's a that's a better one. Than, or if uh, it's a, a pedophile, one day he's gonna, you know, you you don't want that. You don't want that guy in there. Get him out. Keep him out of the house. Because it's, yeah, it's not a matter of okay, let that go. But it's not a matter of <laughs> if it will happen. If the person's a pedophile, if the lion's a lion, if the chocolate's in your house, you're gonna eat it at some point. Like you're keeping it there because you're gonna put it, and you're, you're not keeping it there for, to look at. And. If you struggle with your weight anyway, you struggle with willpower, you struggle with cravings, you struggle with your weight creeping up and up and up, then the worst thing you can do, is you're just put, like continuing the problem, is keeping that stuff in your house as if at one day there's going to be a good time to eat it. Like, there probably is never going to be a good time to eat it. Give it to someone else. It's not going to stop being delicious. No. It's never <laughs> going to stop being delicious. You're never going to stop wanting to eat it. And yeah, even if you don't eat it now, there's going to be a time where you just stuff your face with it when you're tired, when you had a bad day. And if you're having to keep it, this is another thing to think about. Why are you having to keep it? Like, what is missing in your life? What are you not doing? That means that the best thing that you can have around is chocolate. Like, some people are going to think we're real bores for saying this, but in reality is it's because they're, they, they're going to be trying to cover up the fact that their life kind of sucks. <laughs> they're long, I don't want to laugh at that, but they're like, 
if 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 you have to keep chocolate because it's the most like the one thing that can improve your life then you've got to try and consider maybe i should be doing more things for me more things i like to do um taking more time out for myself um doing some hobbies i used to like getting some time out away from the kids maybe or on your own whatever it is that you like to do i can't say what people like to do but yeah i we were talking about this earlier ben like you don't tend to want these things these things you know you shouldn't really have they're not that healthy habits if mm. your life is going well like if you're having a great time if you've got loads of fun things going on and rewarding things going on in your life you don't tend to really want these things as much yeah you don't need to make up for so much but when you let your life just become go to work or whatever there's a boring routine it's like get the kids up wake up late wake up tired with no energy get the kids up or you don't have kids you just get up tired go to work go to work in all day in a job you don't really like a lot of us do have do that or have done that come home sort the kids out give them dinner get them to bed watch tv for two hours which is not that fun anyways but because you're knackered you do that and then you go to bed too late and then you binge eat and you just repeat the cycle when that's your life then there's no wonder people turn to chocolate because there's nothing there that's for you. There's nothing there that's enjoyable. There's nothing there that makes you feel energized or good. I mean, I can't personally say I've ever let it get to that stage, but I can just say from some being in situations where I'm not enjoying stuff, it's very easy to go, okay, I want something to make me feel better. I need to pick me up. And then chocolate or wine or drinking can become the, the norm. This is a bit off topic from Easter though. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Who knows? But uh, if you're sort of watching this podcast and you have your own chocolate stash for, for your rainy days, whatever it is, chocolate stash, wine slash, stash, I think the one thing you could do today would just you get very generous. Stop hoarding. Stop hoarding all that stuff for yourself. Don't be selfish. Go and give it out to someone. Someone's kid wants that chocolate or someone else. Uh, and in a way, that's being selfish by pushing the unhealthy food onto other people. But basically you win and they think that you're being nice at the same time it's the it's the perfect crime in a way <laughs> you, you get to get the body you want you get to feel better about yourself and someone else gets to think that you're a very generous person even if your generosity is coming from a selfish place well i mean we could get really deep on this but personally i think and i know not everyone will agree with me on this ben might agree that everything is ultimately selfish to a degree. Like everything we do, whether it's being generous or not generous, they say anyway, it's to raise your status or your power. Is that right? Something yeah. like that. Because you want to look better in society. So even if you do something generous, deep down, potentially, it's just genetically something you're doing to look better in society. So I think one thing you've got to drop is that selfish is bad because everyone is intrinsically selfish. Selfish. Um, everyone's genes want to reproduce and uh, and uh, continue your bloodline or whatever everyone wants to be the best deep down so I think there's I feel like some people have a really bad like they think selfish is the worst thing you can be but you can also look at it the other way can't you you can say that not being selfish is actually a roundabout way of being selfish anyway because if you're letting yourself go um, if you don't feel happy because you're putting everyone else first and then that means your life suffers and your life sucks and your weight's cr got out of control and your confidence is completely crashed and it's in the gutter and you're no longer connecting with your other half 
and being the partner that you would really truly like to be and if you're no longer able to be the role model you want to be to your kids showing them how to live a healthy energetic active lifestyle if you're unable to do all those things because you put everyone else first then and comes around to again being kind of selfish because you're not there for the other half you don't have a great relationship because you can't because your life's just taken over by doing stuff for everyone else you're not a great role model for your kids because all you're showing them is how to sacrifice yourself and not take care of yourself so sometimes you've got to kind of say actually being selfish is the best thing i can do for myself and everyone else and it doesn't mean be a dick does it? it doesn't mean like be horrible to people it just means take care of yourself because not taking care of yourself then just means it becomes other people's problems if you get ill if you get a serious disease or if you get really depressed then it can end up causing all sorts of horrible things it can lead to uh, breakups and divorce and the kids are then left in trauma because of that it can lead to um, getting health problems and then the whole family's having to look after you there's all sorts of things that can come out of supposedly not being selfish like there's a lot of consequences I don't know what you think Ben but I think I think being selfish is often as long as it's in a, in a way it doesn't affect uh, upset other people mess up other people's lives the best thing to do I think uh, yeah this is definitely a problem I think women face more than men I think women are generally naturally more tend to be kind of kinder and more giving to others well, they always yeah. want to try and make everybody else feel happy. So a lot of our clients, I don't, they'll, they'll say things like, you know, I don't have time to go to the gym because I've got so many other family commitments. So it might be that, you know, you've got to take your son to karate lessons, for example, every Thursday, which means you can't do a workout on a Thursday, which means you can't exercise enough to get the body that you want, which means then you, you end up, as Rob said, you get out of shape, you end up feeling unfit, um, miserable about your body and that then affects your mood and affects all of these things your relationships etc but if you were to ask your child who you you're kind of almost sacrificing yourself for to take him to these karate lessons would he rather that his mother was happy and he had a nice happy family situation at home or would he rather go to the karate lessons except mum is miserable and she's getting stressed all the time and shouting at him and the other kids falling out with their partner, etc. I think if you ask any kid, they're going to want to see their, their mum and dad happy rather than something, some superficial thing like karate lessons or maybe it's that you you spend extra time at work to earn a bit more money so you can go on a, a holiday or something when, I don't know, none of these things really matter, I don't think. No, I can say hands down from having... A near divorce in my family and having massive disruption because of my parents not getting on and my dad having an affair and all that stuff that that was probably one of the worst experiences I've gone through and it's, it's I'd much rather have not had that and missed out on a few things so that they could remain closer and have a better relationship I don't know if that would have helped things but definitely and I wasn't even that young kid I can only imagine how much it scars a young kid having a family breaking apart or not being there or not being like mum and dad not being happy because you can tell can't you as a kid so I definitely think you've got to you've got to look at the whole thing you've got to look at the consequences beyond just I'm overweight and don't feel great because it affects everyone yeah and just realise that like your mood and the way you feel 
has an impact on other people. Nobody likes to see somebody they care about like suffering, basically. So if you're like purpose, you're sacrificing yourself, causing yourself to suffer, you're actually causing people that you care about pain just because they're having to witness that as well. It's not just you who's suffering. It's not, you're not some sort of martyr or a saint because you're sacrificing all of your happiness for other people. You're really just kind of this, I don't know, it, it doesn't really work like that. You end up being miserable and everybody else around you ends up getting dragged down into the same spiral, really. Yeah, so what I completely agree, like what, what can we help people with? So we've, this is the situation I expect a lot of people, or at least some of the people listening can relate to on some level. Um, they've been there or they're there now and they might be thinking this is like, this is maybe right or I can kind of, I kind of hear this, but also like who are these guys to say this? They're not helping, like what can I do about it? So what, what how could you actually go about like what action steps could you take to become put like start putting yourself first to start actually improving what would you say i think it's mainly about setting aside that that time for your for you to have to make yourself happy whatever it is it could be time it could be money um it could be a combination of the two um there's a phrase inside a coaching program i mean you have done rob uh warrior which is mm -hmm. the king eats first. And the whole idea of that is, let's put this into a situation. If we say like the queen eats first, so if you are looking at your household and you, you know, like many women, you may kind of run the household. You may do the shopping. You may take the kids to school and back. You might prepare a majority of the meals. Um, this, it's just, this tends to be how a lot of people's families run, whether that's right or wrong, whether the husband should chip in more or not but you may be the kind of the linchpin holding the whole family together, keeping everything running smoothly. If you take that away, if suddenly you disappeared, everything else might then come crashing down. Everybody else's routines are all thrown out of whack. Everybody, you know, nothing runs smoothly anymore. Nothing works in the family. So you've got to really realize that you're very important. Um, I don't want to say like you're more important than anybody else, but in some ways you may be more important than every, everybody else in the family. You might be almost like the leader of the whole family. And if you are the leader, you're going to, you need to kind of look after yourself because if you stop, if you're not working anymore, you suddenly like, you know, you, you feel miserable, you're struggling, you're lacking energy. You're not feeling good about yourself. Your motivation is lacking. Um, and you're not able to take care of everybody else and things are going to fall apart. But in order to take care of everybody else, you're going to have to look after yourself first. So, it's about kind of recognizing that you are important, that you're valuable, that you're just as worthy as everybody else of happiness, and then giving yourself the time and the effort and the money and the space that you need to have that happiness. So if you need a bit of me time every so often, if you need to go out, go and take a little chilled out spa weekend break or something, or you need to, a couple of nights a week, you need to just have a hot bath on your own with nobody else disturbing you, take an hour to yourself, listen to some podcasts, whatever it is. If you need to take some time out in the week to go to the gym, again, to have that me time, to feel better about your body, to boost your energy levels. Um, if you're the one that prepares the food and you need to make specific healthy choices for your own nutrition, you need to cut certain foods out, you need to track your calories, then you might have to accept that everybody else is going to have to eat your healthy meals now because you're important and you're eating healthy and that's just how it's going to go. So it's all about kind of recognizing that you are, you may be the most important person in your entire family. And if you are, then 
it's okay to act like the most important person. If you're making these changes and you're saying, you know, I'm going to take some time for me, at first of all, of course, it's going to be resistance. People are going to be like, oh, you never usually do this. You know, we never usually eat this healthy food. Why is there no chocolate in the house anymore? All of these kind of things. But after a while, people get used to these things. And I'm sure they'll be much happier if you're much happier rather than having, you know, the chocolate cream eggs in the cupboard and whatever else you would be giving up. Yeah, the cream eggs that maybe the kids and then you end up eating six of after you've had a knackering day. Yeah. So I think think that what you said, Ben, is really important. Well, I've just used the word now. I was trying to not say that. It's crucial, though. It's just a mindset. So this is why mindset is so important. It's one of the three pillars that we talk about in Trinity a lot. Is that your mindset, who you believe yourself to be and who you develop yourself to be in terms of your mindset it's who you ultimately become. And if you start seeing yourself as I am important and you keep saying that to, to yourself and you view yourself as important because you're the linchpin of the family, you're a really important member of the family and you need to be in the best possible condition to run the family or to lead the family, then things could change because then you might go, should I really iron all the sheets or should I actually take an hour out and have a bath and listen to an audio book or put some candles on and some nice music? screw what my husband says I'm going to stand up to him and go look I'm knackered I've looked after the kids for five years or ten years if this is my family situation you've sat on the sofa and watched TV every evening so um, excuse me but I'm having a bath and the sheets will get done when they get done or whatever it is because I'm sure the jobs can still get done there might be things you need to do like me and Ben got a cleaner in Bath when we were really, really busy with work and that was a huge step. It wasn't that expensive and it gave us loads more time. There's little things you can do. To just that was great. Things. People judge me when I say that as well. And I'm like, yeah, we spent like, uh, how much was it? It wasn't that months, much. I think. It was like £15 a week to get the house. The house was always clean. We had some lady who came in, lovely woman, came in, cleaned everything. Um, yeah, people look at, like, that's another thing you might it might might be a solution for you like oh i need to free up some time for myself so i'm going to spend a bit of money on a cleaner but people especially i think in this country people see that if you've got a cleaner you're almost like a snob in some ways or lazy like like you're lazy like oh why can't you do it yourself why do you have to get somebody else in to do it they imagine that you're like sitting there with your feet up um while somebody else runs around like servants running around um but the reality is usually if you've got a cleaner and then that frees up an hour for yourself. You're probably not just doing nothing. You're going to spend more time with your family. Or you could do a workout. Is, uh, yeah. And at the same time, hour. you're providing that person with a job. You're providing them with an income. You're giving them money, which is helping them with their family situation. It's not like it's, I don't understand. It's not an evil thing to pay somebody money to do a job for you. Ever. <laughs> I don't think. I honestly think though, and I'm sure as guys, we don't fully get this. Um, but I've listened to enough podcasts with, with like, listen to the Date Your Wife one, which is a guy we follow and his wife talking about these kind of things. I listen to my mum talking. Um, we get some sort of a picture and 3,000 clients who are women, and lots of women are mums. There's a huge element of guilt in being a mum, I think. And competition as well, because mums feel like they should, a lot of mums feel like they should do everything. And they need to be there for the kids. They need to, as you said, look after the household provide food, clean the house, um, keep all the admin going. I know that's becoming less and less, which I think is a good thing. 
but still there's a huge element that you should do this and you should do this and you should do this and if you're not doing it I think a lot of mums are feeling really guilty um, that they're not doing their duty or whatever and I think that's got to change and it comes back to that selfish thing we talked about earlier that you've got to kind of realize it's okay to be selfish because actually by being selfish often you serve those people around you better in my experience anyway i think so i think what you're saying about the guilt as well um well i think i'm a big believer that everything comes down to usually any like dysfunctional behavior or like self-destructive behavior or anything comes down to like self-worth ultimately and in terms of it be in terms of feeling guilty for you know not performing your duties or whatever duties you feel you should perform as a mum that could be linked to say if your self-worth is very linked to your kind of um, performance as a mum if you feel like you don't have inherent self-worth you're not like worthy of just taking time off and you know enjoying your life for yourself just because you're alive just because of who you are that you kind of you have to have done all this other family stuff and sorted everybody else out and if you don't do that then you're worthless and you're a failure. I think that's the that can be a definite problem. So I think it's all about like realizing that you're you are like worthy of just being happy. Just by being here, just by being alive, you've earned the right to happiness and to have the life that you want. Um and you don't have to do anything to prove that that's that's how it is. But figuring that out is like it's one of those things I think everybody needs has some sort of a little bit of a little element of this as human beings it just seems to be kind of built in especially in the world we live in where we're all judged by like you know how much money we have how good we are at things um it's a very it's a very complicated social society we're in like you know you're judged on what car you have you're judged on you know all your kind of behavior you're judged on what job you've got where you live what your house looks like, what clothes you dress in. So it's it's our self-worth can be very attached to external factors, like what we do. And that's a, a dangerous trap to get stuck into. And I think it's parenting. In parenting, it then becomes also even more like a, there's a lot of judgment around how people parent. Yeah, exactly. As well. So other yeah. people think your friends who have kids will judge you on how you parent or whether you're taking your kid to the classes or your child to the classes or not, mm. or did you did you send them with someone else's parent because you needed to take an hour out? That's something I used to have to do a lot is get lifts with other people's parents. I always and got lifts with other people's really parents. Good. Always. It's efficient. I used to get picked up by my friend and I'd, I loved it. I'd go back to my friend's house every single day after school and then spend like, we'd spend two hours playing like Spider-Man and Power Rangers or whatever we used to play running around, riding our bikes up and down the street, skateboarding in the driveway. I loved it. Did that every single day. And then my mum would pick me up later on. Yeah, I think I think your mum's quite inherently good at putting herself first uh, from what you've said, which is a good thing. Like She's she does uh, sports and all sorts of stuff. I, I know our bookshelf downstairs is just like, uh, it's all parenting books. The whole thing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I guess, well, she's a health visitor. She's probably listening to this podcast right now. But she's a well, health visitor, Beverly. so... <laughs> I guess part of her job is she like goes around to mums with young kids and kind of like helps them with their parenting in a way, like raising the kid, make sure the kid's happy, etc. Calls social services if they're not doing a very good job, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, 
I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here. This was supposed to be a short Easter special. We went on a little bit, but the big thing is you are important. If you can take one thing away, maybe tell yourself this every day, like an affirmation, just go, I am important. I'm important. And then you can go, what does that, what does that lead to? Does it lead to doing something for me for once? We hear loads of our clients when they sign up with us, they say, this is something I'm actually doing for me for the first time in years. So you are important. And what are you going to do for you? So that brings us to the end of today's Motivation Method podcast. But before you go, we have some important announcements. Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the Motivation Method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our Motivation Masterclass Challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our Motivation Masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one.